0: The following program is rated M-A-L. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences.
1: Green flag waving for
2: the always exciting Sheldon Hodge He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Last one for Sheldon Hodge Quick time.
3: Off turn. four.
4: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number seventy of Quick Time the Podcast. We are back after a week off. Wh- Why we take? Oh, that's right. We took last week off because I was busy at work.
0: Brandon was busy.
4: Uh, sometimes the day job gets in the in, in the way of uh, the podcasting fun. Anyways, the crew is all back here in the race cave. Josh is with us. Josh, man, how's it been going the past couple weeks?
0: Pretty good. I mean, other than not getting any rain outside, but other than that, uh, I mean, I watched some racing. Not a whole lot with football starting back up and all that fun stuff but other than that it was a good week what
4: about you brad how's how's your uh, the past couple weeks been for you uh pretty good not not a lot of racing but uh
3: last week uh, my wife and i went kayaking down a, a river spent five and a half hours on the water that was about two hours too long but uh in a tent froze our butt off but all in all it was a great weekend and uh, now we're going to scotts bluff to run a monument half marathon
4: relay race. Yeah, so, I saw there was a little article with yeah, you guys famous. in the, in the uh, Scotts
3: Bluff press out Scott, there. Yes, yeah, sir. They called me up one day, and I never answer my phone if I don't see the, the ID on it, the caller ID, but this number was just, um, I thought it was the campground that we're getting a spot from, so I answered it, and it was a reporter from Scotts Bluff. I don't know how he got my number, but uh, asked if uh, he could ask me a few questions, and I said, absolutely. So, yep, they wrote up in a little article on us. So do you guys race in the same
0: leveled in all three well, your wife. And this is going to be a
3: relay. So I get the first leg and it's five miles. Mm-hmm. My daughter gets the second leg. It's 4.6 miles. And then my wife gets the third leg, which is like 3.6 miles or whatever it is. So, so yeah, you get, it's the a, long, you get the longer. Uh, end. Okay. Yeah.
4: So you get the longer to run, but according to the article, you had no choice in doing the, uh, the yeah. whole situation and they make you well, run the furthest.
3: Yeah. My, um, they, uh, they want me to run the, they're going to deny it, but they said they wanted me to run the long distance one. Cause it's uphill. The first, first couple of miles were kind of a uphill climb. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, uh, I'm ready. I'm going to get one last run in tomorrow morning and, uh, I'll be ready to go.
4: What's it like to run? I mean, I, I can't do that.
3: Yeah. You can, you can barely walk right now.
4: I know. Hey, I'm walking pretty good considering. <laughs> yeah, so. He
0: walks with his pimp limp. <laughs> yeah, pimp
4: limp. Yeah, that's right. So anyways, uh, racing happening, uh, across the board. There's a lot of winners. Uh, we're going to talk some, uh, some slide job shenanigans out there in California with the West coast wing with the rollout Outlaws. Um, our guest tonight, Brad. You you line this one up. Yeah, we got uh, Troy Renfro
3: on uh, later on here. We're going to give him a call. Um, I was just thinking we were looking for somebody to get on the show, and I was like, you know they're starting to turn things around with that 2KS team and Ian Madsen. Uh, they've been struggling the last couple years and I do know Troy uh, and, and I just thought I'd uh, reach out to him and see if he'd be willing to come on the show. And uh, uh, he's, he's uh, happy to come on. And so uh, we're going to ask him the, what the struggles have been. We're going to ask him what has changed with Ian. And uh, they started off the season with Riley Goodnow and, uh didn't go very well and they brought in Ian. Or they I guess they had Sawyer Phillips in for a couple races and, stuff. and it wasn't
4: Riley Goodneau, it was uh Ryan Giles, by oh, the way. Oh Ryan
3: Giles, I'm sorry, Ryan Giles. Goodno's uh, in the twenty two car, yes. right? Yeah. I think it's I'm his own sorry. car too. Yes. Yeah. But uh, so we're going to get him on there. Things are starting to turn around. They got second place. uh, I think it's two weekends ago now. Was it the an Uh, IRA race? Jerry Richard Memorial. So uh, um, I think uh, Wrightsill won that race, but uh, uh, he uh, Ian came from six or eight spot to come out and get second. So things are heading in the right direction for this team. So uh, I just wanted to reach out to Troy and see if he could share uh, share some shed some spotlight on this and see uh, uh, you know they've been working their ass off and. um, and, and so now they're heading in the right direction. So I just wanted to get Troy on and talk to us a little bit about the, the change and, uh, see what's, how they're going to finish out the year and what the plan is
4: for next year. And Troy's a listener to the podcast, apparently.
3: Yeah. He says he really likes listening to this podcast. uh, uh he says that it's one of the few that he listens to. He says that we, uh, I don't know. He says that we uh, give both sides of the story. And so uh, we act like we know what we're talking about. So that, the key word is act
4: right there. <laughs> yeah, we,
3: uh, we're more comedy relief. Yeah.
4: Uh, that would be you, sir.
0: Because yep. <laughs> I usually don't understand or know what's going on.
4: You, Yeah, you didn't even know who this car was. I mean, thinking it's a <laughs> Matt Morrill car.
0: I had to get some cliff notes from Brandon before Brad got here. So I felt like I knew what I was talking about.
4: anyways let's let's jump in real quick with our our quick time awards i want to kick things off i I give him a lot of shit on this podcast all the time danny dietrich he probably doesn't listen to it so he probably doesn't know i give him a lot of shit but him logan wagner and you got to throw in dj netto um there's a couple scary incidents out at various races uh with some fires and stuff and they they jumped out of the car under the red flag and pulled these drivers that were on fire out of the out of the uh the burning vehicle so I, i gotta give a hats off to those guys uh, for, for sure,
3: that, that Netto one, uh, the kid, I don't remember the kid's name, but he's driving the Tarleton car, uh, alcohol fire in the cockpit, and then he dove out, and then, uh, man, Netto was out of his car and on Johnny on the spot, but the kid was on fire so much that uh, Netto just didn't have much to get uh, help him, but uh, he was trying, he was throwing him on the ground, he was stepping on him, and then finally the fire crew got there and put it out, and the kid got um, some second-degree burns, but Kid will live to to fight another day.
4: Yeah, but anytime, anytime there's a there's a fire, definitely a scary situation. But for these drivers to you know jump out, they they don't have to do that. Right, right. You know, but uh, the fact that you know they might be competitors on the racetrack, but they're going to try everything they can to help each other out. Off.
3: I read in the uh, somewhere there in with the fire suits of today, they have twenty one seconds to be on fire before they will start to get burned and. Uh, um, the first fire a couple of weeks ago, um, the kid, the guy didn't get any. I can't remember who it was. Don Sisney. Yeah, sisney he, and he didn't get
4: burned at all. The mayor of Port uh, Royal, by the way. Right.
3: <laughs> but the the kid in California, he did you know, sustain some second degree burns because he was on fire for oh, a little bit more than twenty one seconds. And
4: you mentioned the twenty one seconds. That's that's the high end fire yeah. suit. So That's right. not your not not your three hundred dollar fire suit. You are going to get down at Speedway or Absolutely. you know
0: or the or the two seater or the two the top and bottom as opposed to the full shell. Yeah, yeah.
4: for sure. So, yeah. What about you guys, Josh? Uh, you got a quick time award for us? Uh, I, You
0: know, I was sitting there thinking about it. You had picked, two weeks to figure it out. I had two weeks to figure it out, and I just figured it out in five seconds. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going with the high limits with the Durst family. I mean, shout out to Phil and Ryan uh, for all they do for racing to help no, make it.
4: No love for Jenny?
0: Jenny, I mean, she she does do the dick. Chiropr- or not chiropractic thing, but the, the, weight, the training, jet fitness. But, uh, no, I mean, it's awesome to see Phil you know, step up, add some more money to the pot. Kind of help bring you know the high limits you know to make it a better race for people to go to. So to me, I mean the Durst family to me is that's that's my uh, my uh, quick time award for. So.
3: And I honestly, I've been trying to think, and I can't think of one. So uh, um, I'm just gonna set this one out this week.
4: You've had two weeks. And yeah. I fear we'd be the one waiting on Josh for this whole deal. And <laughs> hey, it's Brad. It's Brad that comes not prepared. Okay, I'll go with Logan
3: Shukart. He won two races out yeah. west uh, in the last couple of weeks. And so uh, uh, Just quick, look. quick time karma. He was yeah, a little quick time and, karma.
4: But that, that whole shark racing deal. Holy absolutely. cow.
3: Absolutely, that, Yeah, that. that's a better one. Shark racing. Now with him and, and Jacob Allen, both of them finishing one, two, Twice uh, this last uh, this Western Swing, that's pretty awesome for Shark Racing, finishing first and second in a couple different races. So uh, yeah, shout out to both uh, both of those guys in Shark Racing.
4: And Josh, may, go go oh, ahead. Sorry, Jacob Allen has really
0: been on a tear. I mean, I was going to ask you guys what you think about next year, his chances of contention to at least you know be there in the maybe the top three for points. It's
4: all about consistency yeah, with the Outlaw deal. So I mean, he's, he's he,
3: not consistent enough. Uh, I would. He's he, he's this is the best year he's ever had. And it's awesome to see, but he, he's not consistent enough. So
0: is that where Logan kind of steps in where he can get that? He's pretty consistent. If he's worse, he's going to finish his ninth or eighth. It's not going to be DNF or something like that.
3: Probably. I I don't know. I mean, I think for the longest time, I think Jacob got sloppy seconds in equipment, uh, used tires, all that stuff. But now I think it's a little more, more even keel and, uh, um, Jacob is, got the right equipment and uh he still just for some reason he'll he'll finish top two or three and then the next race or two he'll he'll drop out after 10 laps of the feature for some reason so i I don't know what's all going on but uh um consistency is a key and brad sweet is the the model of that this year and he's leading the points uh and he has just a couple wins so
4: jacob seems to know the west coast that's for sure he's doing well out there yeah definitely josh you mentioned the uh the uh, high limit deal um i'm going to uh, bring up the IB race and race rumors. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, apparently, there's a rumor going around the Cup Garage down in Kansas that uh, there's a high chance we will see those high-limit sprint cars at Eagle Raceway next year. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, if if this comes to fruition, I think it's going to be a great great deal because with the closing of I-80 Speedway, uh, you're not going to have an outlaw race in Nebraska anymore. Nope. Uh, it'd be smart for Roger to bring in a 410, whether it be the All-Stars, Outlaws, the high-limit deal. You're going to sell out Eagle Raceway. You're going to have 8,000 people in that place. Um and you're, you're already, gonna you're, you're gonna feel a local sponsor too. yeah, you're Durst. you're gonna fill that void with with the uh, no no prominent touring series 410 series coming in here. it's a, it's a no-brainer in my book. I
3: love what High limits trying to do. Uh, it's a huge gamble in my opinion because you're trying to host a high paying race in the middle of the week. and a lot of people have to work on Wednesday or the next day., hey, so
4: Eagle Raceway. With the four or five classes that they have, they're done by 10 o'clock most every night. Yeah. You have the high limit come in, maybe one support class, if if any at all.
0: Put the 305s with them. Then then Brad would have to but, watch the 305. But but I'm just saying,
4: <laughs> with the only one support class, if you start at 7, you're going to be done by 9, guaranteed.
3: Nah, that, that seems pretty funny. Anyway, say, say you're done by 10. Uh, if you live in grand Island, you're going to get home at 1131 o'clock or 12 o'clock. Yeah, that's um, true. some people can't, a lot of people don't do that. I mean, Hey, it's summertime. You can take vacation. Kids mm. aren't in
0: school. Wasn't <laughs> it when the outlaws used to come to Eagle? Wasn't they, they used to race on like a Tuesday night,
4: right? Um, uh, no, it's Thursday, it fri- Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Friday Saturday. Saturday. It was a three night. Yeah. The midget race was a Tuesday night. Oh, race, okay, and, and nobody showed up. That's why they quit going <laughs> and, out there. That's not why they quit going out there. Let's be honest now.
0: Brandon was out there.
4: I was out there for <laughs> the last one. and Track conditions were not oh, favorable. Yeah. And uh, that was the final nail on the coffin. Uh, I think deal. it was a little bit of everything. The track conditions were horrible. There was
3: nobody in the stands. So Roger couldn't afford to have him come back. Well, do so. you
0: believe that Roger will step up for the sprint cars? I feel like he's not. I mean, he he's a supporter of the sprint car in general. But I don't feel like he's as big of a sprint car guy
4: as most track owners Tracks are. Tracks are for rent. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah. He... I just don't think the Outlaws will ever get to go back as long as Roger's the the owner. Uh, him and Roger, uh, Roger and the Outlaws had a falling out. Right. Um, they didn't. The Outlaws didn't want to pay what they promised Roger, and they said that they didn't have as many fans in the stands as what they did. And uh, so Roger is that true? So Roger just said uh, um,
4: if they said it was less than sold out, then uh, yeah, it's too true. Yeah. yeah. The wow. place was packed. Yeah, the place was packed.
0: I would assume it would have been sold out to me. But it was. 7,000, 8,000 people. It
3: was all but sold out. Absolutely. And they, they tried to tell Roger there was only like a couple thousand people in the stands. So. Oh, so it was more them than him. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It was okay. the outlaws.
4: It was the, the shady partaking of the world outlaws. Yeah.
3: And that's why they're not at Kokomo anymore. And that's there's there's three tracks why they're not back. They well, that's why to there, the same there's thing. Uh, no driver so, out there right now. So, <laughs> so that's, that's why I could see the high limit coming to, to Eagle. Because um, Roger's not pissed at Brad Sweet or kyle larson he's no. mad at uh, the world of Outlaws. so um but it'll be uh, it's a big risky thing i mean uh the next race they're having at uh, wayne county in ohio is next tuesday and they're asking 40 dollars for a ticket that's a pretty steep price it's
4: a steep price but if you look at outlaw tickets they're 35 bucks yeah what, what? For, for the best of the best <laughs> yeah so
0: true. so uh you did watch kyle larson <laughs> well, and whoever else
3: shows up, I just and then kids, kids are twenty dollars. That's that's pretty steep. Uh, I mean, I'm all for it to happen. I really would love to see it uh, uh, succeed because the, everybody's going to prevail out of this. The drivers are going to and the owners are going to make more money, and they're going to win. They're going to race for higher purses, and so I hope it all works out for everybody. But man, as a track owner, that's a big risk for, um, to take that that risk in the middle of the week for such a big purse.
0: So, what do you think of the high limits? Saying it's the the Hoddenchild Buckeye brawl. Is that kind of a hint to what we might see next year with him being there? No, uh, no it's Sheldon, Sheldon promoting, promoting it
4: and it's Ohio and, uh, well, Ohio is the Buckeyes. Yeah. Yeah. The Buckeyes suck
0: <laughs> as a Michigan fan.
4: <laughs> have you seen the Russ football a, program? Yeah. They have one. <laughs> Apparently not anymore. <laughs> so with that, let's take a quick break and we're going to be back with Tori Renfro. It's the last
1: chance to catch local sprint car action at the I-80 Speedway, Saturday, October 1st. It's the final Midwest Fall Brawl, presented by Casey's. Featuring Malvern Banks 360 Sprint Cars, RaceSaber Sprint Cars, Super Late Models, and Mod Lights. Adult tickets are just $20, $5 for ages 6 to 12. Five and under, get in free. Grandstand gates open at 4.30. Racing starts at 6. October 1st, it's the final Midwest Fall Brawl, brought to you by Casey's at the I-80 Speedway. Dirt
0: Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world. Featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models,
4: modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport. And great one-on-one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers. Or
0: get your subscription today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And You go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced and usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it give me a call today 402-659-5641 or shoot me an email tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com i'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen
4: welcome back to quick time the podcast joining us on the phone right now is the owner of the 2ks motorsports uh troy renfro troy man how's it going tonight
1: good how are you guys
4: no not too bad we're out here on a wednesday night talking sprint cars so you can't really complain too much
1: no you can't
4: i, I gotta correct him i think you're the co-owner aren't
3: you uh, you're you're like the uh, uh isn't your wife tammy the boss and you're like the, the co-boss what
1: <laughs> yes he is the boss and everybody uh affiliated with our team knows that too
0: <laughs> he sounds super excited to tell us that. <laughs>
3: yeah. Here, here, may the, I'm going to start off with a dumb question, but I, I was curious. How did you, when you started your team, what uh, three years ago or four years ago? It uh,
1: would been 2015.
3: How did you come up with the two KS? What's uh, what is there a significance behind that? Uh,
1: no, not really. Uh, We started off with the the TKS Motorsports is is Tammy, Caitlin, and Sydney. Okay. And Caitlin and Sydney are my twin daughters. Okay. So the two kind of came about, it was kind of weird. We were just sitting there talking about numbers, and it seemed like over the years, I'd worked on a lot of cars that were the number two. So we just went with it, so...
0: It seems like the number two is a pretty common number in racing. Like you see it a lot, of, a lot of places.
1: It, it is, and it seemed like I worked on over the last thirty-five years. I worked on a lot of number two cars, and so that's just how we come up with it. That was it. So,
4: go ahead, Brandon. So, so you go from working on race cars to owning your own team. When you decided to start your own team, what the hell was going through your mind? Why would you want to own a race car? <laughs>
1: I'd always thought about owning a car, but I just never thought I could get to that point. And then I think about, Oh, my daughters would have been about 10 years old and and I hadn't spent any time with them because I was gone all the time. And my wife raised the girls. And so I just decided to come off the road and, um, and then it just kind of progressed from there. And then my my in laws, uh, her mom and dad, uh, Rick and Melinda Lander, they own Des Moines Industrial Products, which D M I P, and they've sponsored cars for years. And we just kind of got to talking about it, and you know said, so, you know, instead of me sponsoring all these other cars, why don't why don't we just do our own thing? So that's kind of how it started, and it just progressed from there.
0: So where how did you start in racing then?
1: how did I start
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, um uh, I'm originally from uh, Maryland. So central PA was where I started. And my dad raced uh, big block modifieds. So my first entry in the racing was going to Reading. Uh anything Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, uh Delaware, um that type. So then I just kind of transitioned into liking sprint cars. And then my, my brother, Todd, he, you know, he did it for quite a long time too. So he worked for, you know, how Hamilton, Bob Wiker. you know, we all made our rounds that way. And then first time I came out here, I just to Knoxville. I just, I just really liked it out here. So uh, so I kind of made the move out here. Probably, I think 1994.
3: That's how long I've been here. So. Wow. So who, when you started the the two KS, uh, who did you? I, I, I can't remember, but who did you start the team with? What was your first driver?
1: First driver would have been Don Drown. Um, okay.
4: Josh's favorite driver.
1: Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and. So we started getting some people on board to help us and we were only going to run a few races and then uh, Don Lamberti stepped in and he had uh, retired or Gilbert had retired in the 47 car. So he, he called me and asked me if I would, you know, if I thought Don drought could drive our car and he'd help out. And that's kind of how it started. And, didn't really, to be honest with you, and, and I, I think Don's a great guy in uh, drought. Um, it just didn't click. Uh, about 10 races in, it just, and it wasn't Don's fault. I mean, we, I, I, I just think we were getting started and we weren't where we needed to be.
0: Is that one of and, the hardest uh, things is picking drivers to get in the car, getting that right mix of you with the driver and getting that flow going?
1: it is and that's the most i you know i tell people this all the time all the years I spent on an outlaw deal it's not about yeah you know, cars and motors and, and and that stuff is important well, but the most important number one thing is the crew and the drivers crew chief crew guys and drivers if you find that combination that works that's the most important thing. It's not everything else. That's the number one thing you got to find. And so it just really didn't work with, with drought and, and, um, you know, I hated it. Uh, and then, uh, Craig Delansky had called me. Um, and he was trying to get me to, at that time he was driving for Dennis Roth and he, was trying to get me to park my stuff and come out there with him on Dennis' deal and I turned him down and then a couple days later he called me back and he asked me again and I turned him down so then Dennis got mad and took everything back to California <laughs>
4: <laughs> Dennis get mad about something that's unheard of <laughs>
1: yeah uh, so then Don called me and or sorry um, Craig called me and and I just kind of split with Stroud, and, and he said, hey, can I drive your car? I don't have anything to drive because Dennis took everything back there. Can I drive it? I said, well, as long as, you know, Dennis says it's okay, yeah, come drive it. So he did, and I don't, you know, I think Dennis probably honestly didn't like it. So Craig uh, Craig just kept you know he's like i want to drive for you i just want to drive for you and we started gradually changing some things and and uh you know we got a lot better and then glansky finished the year out and then the following year he he uh you know he wanted to run the whole nsl thing when that was going on and we got some more sponsorship and we did that and we had a really good really good year um Won quite a few races and was competitive. So. Then Craig, he wanted to he wanted to go back on the outlaw deal, and uh, he he never did, but he left. And then we hired Austin McCarl to take over. So,
4: yeah, Austin was pretty successful in that in, in, in that ride, winning the uh, Knoxville Track Championship.
1: Yeah, we we were the first year we were pretty decent. We didn't we didn't win any races the first year, but we were competitive. And then we made some you know just changing some things and getting a little better on the motor program and and that kind of thing. And and then the following year we won the championship. We won a f- few races that year. Um, and then the third year I think we were like third in points. So.
3: Well, over the, the last couple of years, uh, you and I talked uh, last week uh, and uh, just kind of prepping for this this interview, but uh, um, it's been a little bit of a struggle for the 2KS team. And then uh, one thing that caught my eye was uh, one of your daughters, I think it was Sydney, she got on there. And after uh, – I keep wanting to say Riley Goodno, but it was uh, Giles, Ryan Giles. Uh, after Giles started the season with you and uh, um, then you guys parted ways, uh, there was a lot of crap on social media, and I know you don't pay attention to that, but this pinhead does. And uh, your daughter posted something about uh, this is This really hurts when people post, post stuff like that because you guys are busting your ass to try to get better. It's not like you're busting your ass to try to be the worst team out there. Um, it, it really resonated with me that, that social media is poison, and you guys are trying your heart out to to be good. And, and people just don't have any idea what's really going on behind the scenes. And, and you shared with me quite a bit of stuff last week, and I was I was floored by some of the stuff you said because I had no idea, and I like to think that I have a... An, a decent pulse on uh, on the sprint car world. But, you uh, should have. You host a podcast <laughs> there, Brad. Yeah. He kayaks. But, uh, <laughs> so, so what has changed within your program since the start of the year with uh, Ian? Now that Ian's on, and you guys just got a second place uh, finish uh, about a week and a half ago up there in Minnesota. What is what has changed? Is it just you're finding the chemistry, or what's what? Do you, what has changed with you guys? Um, I
1: think. Ian got a hold of me. Uh, he got a hold of me and, and came over to the house here, and we sat there and talked for a little bit, and uh, probably more like two hours. And I think he was kind of in the same place I was. And I realized that talking to him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we just... Hey, let's give this a try. You know, it's, you know, let's, let's give it a try. So we did really wasn't that great the first night. Um, but right away, I mean, even my wife told me, she goes, you're just so much happier. You know, she goes, I can, you know, I got a little pep in your step now. (laughs)
3: Well, you and should. You just had two surgeries on your legs, so you should got new springs in them now, so you're good to go. Maybe Brandon can get <laughs> that oh, too. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing because I got to have another surgery. I oh. and Had an MRI done on Monday on my knee. and I got to have surgery on it.
3: So. Oh, good grief! Jeez.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that that was part. That was a little bit of the problem. In a year and a half, I had three surgeries. I broke one foot got screws and pins put in it. I'm trying to do everything by myself. That, that doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, and then as soon as I got able to walk again, I tore my knee up. So I had to have surgery on my knee. Then I get to the end of the year and I take a step out of the trailer last night at Knoxville and I break my other foot.
2: <laughs> oh man.
1: So in a year and a half, I had three surgeries and i ain't. that's no excuse. I ain't gonna make excuses, but, um, uh, but to jump back on the Ian thing, he I think by the second night we, we sat out and talked and we, we sat out with a plan. And and I said, Look, you know, let's go to Knoxville. This was the first of July and we don't have much time here till the Nationals. So let's let's do this. Every week we go to Knoxville, we're gonna do something different. We're going to do a different bar setup. We're going to do different shocks. We're going to do something different. And I'm I'm a huge bookkeeper. And, and I said, then, before we go into the Nationals, I said, we're going to sit down and we're going to scour this book. And I said, I don't care if we have a really good night and we're going to come back the next week with something a little different. And also, I'm going to try to get in on some. Uh, and we did; we got in on two or three track rentals. And I said, I want to try. Let's let's go every week different. And he he liked that idea. He wasn't against it. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yep, that's us stick to our that's stick to the plan." So we did that. And right or wrong, or if anybody thinks it's wrong, I don't really care. <laughs> but. Um, we went to the nationals. Uh, the day before the nationals, he came here, and we um, we sat down and we went through the book. We spent a, probably two hours going through this book, my book. Wow. And you know, and and we said, okay, this is what you know. This is what we want. This is what we're going to do at the nationals. So we had. I had got a fresh motor back. And we had ran it one night, and I think we had, I think we qualified six quick, and we put front row, and it rained out. That was the night it rained out. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I took that motor out and put it aside. I said, "Is that the one you like? You you want for the nationals?" Yep, that's the one I want. It's the one I wanted to. So we set it aside, put it back in. And it helped, yes, we both knew that it helped drawing good at the Nationals. We drew good. We were fourth quick. We knew we weren't going to make it out of the heat race. You're not going to make it out of the heat race starting eight on an eight invert, the way the racetrack was then.
3: Yeah, you qualified Wednesday, and that was a super narrow track anyway, so.
1: Yeah, and you're not going to. We knew that. Like, we looked at each other before the heat race. We're like, okay. I said, go out there, get some, give me some good feedback, run top, run bottom, run everywhere so we can be really good for the B. And he knew that. And I knew that. And so we didn't make it out of the heat, started fourth in the B, run third. I think the way they had it figured, you know, we had to run 15th to lock in. And you could just. Uh, I see a lot of similarities in him with somebody like Delansky, is what I'm used to. He's very focused. He's not a chit chatter. He's he doesn't do any of that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we started that feature, and I mean, he's gone. And and I'm I'm pretty confident we could have run fifteenth, and I think we had got the seventeenth within not too long and uh you know we had a parts failure um you know the mag it melted the rotor in the mag and it was a fresh mag (laughs) so uh yeah it's like we had a plan we stuck to it we were executing it and it was going to be fine um but you sometimes you can't prevent things that, like that that happen. So
3: right, and, you, uh, and last week you told me that was a brand new mag too, right?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was everything was fresh. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's got to be frustrating too when it was it's it was out of your control the the, the parts failure.
1: Yeah, and it and it was, and then we, you know, we just we did the best we could the rest of the time, and I think it really did affect. You know, both of us, I, it's, there's nothing, no way to lie about it. I mean, I think it, it took the wind out of our sails. Yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, so we left there and we went to Houston. and I, you know, I felt like we needed to get away from Knoxville just to go somewhere else. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's what we did. And we ran second, first night, and I was sick the next night.
0: How much difference it was really good. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, how much difference is it going switching from you know running Knoxville full time to jumping on a track like Houston's?
1: Um I it is it's different, but it's but it's not different for somebody like me and him. You know, we we both kind of traveled all over the country and it's like that's it's just another racetrack. Um setup wise, you're a little different. Um they run the medium tire up there, which you know I think is a better tire anyway, and it it just kind of fit into everything. We didn't make a lot of changes the whole weekend, um, and I I think it it just kind of picked us back up, which it, it really did. And then uh, you know we go into the last night at Knoxville. We we uh, we had to do the makeup feature, the one that rained out. But we had to do our first feature first, and we were kind of—he—he he had kind of been wanting to try something that, that we hadn't done, and I was okay with that. But it didn't work, and the first feature we weren't good at all. And he came in, and we kind of both looked at each other and went, "Yeah, that—that that, sucked." Uh, <laughs> I was—I was completely wrong on that one. And I—I I said, "Hey, that's okay." I said, "I'm the boys were already—we were changing bars and." and change stuff. We start off the front row and, and we were leading it and uh, had a pretty good lead. And, and, you know, he hit the fence and he made a mistake and that, you know, that's part of it. And I wasn't mad at all. So it's just a lot of, everything's starting to come together and that's, that's what we needed. And then going to Cedar Lake, which I've always I've been pretty good at Sierra Lake. I've won there a few times and won an outlaw show there before. And, and uh, started ninth and run second. And he was here yesterday. Ian was here yesterday. We were kind of um, talking about things and things just went easy. Like they're getting, getting easier. And like he said, he goes, we're just, it's like, we didn't make many changes and, we just kind of know what what we need to do.
3: So, about yeah. about what part of the season did you start to feel the, uh, different that things are starting to come together? I mean, with uh, with your the Knoxville Nationals, you finished uh, in the front part of the B feature. Um, with with your Wednesday qualifying, I was it was probably a little disappointing. You probably, I would assume your goal was to make the A, but it had to be optimistic that you finished in the top, front part of the B, and then you go to Hussett's and get a top five and a top ten, and then you go to um, what would you say Cedar Lake and you get a second. Things are are definitely headed in the right direction. So, at what point of the season with Ian did you start to looking like, hey, this this is this is starting to work out?
1: Actually. I can tell you, um, I think it was about the third time we raced together. He came over here and we, I don't care like I And I, you know, and he's good about this. He comes over and I go, I don't really care if you sit in the chair. I don't, you know, you don't have to do anything, but to be really a part of things, you have to kind of be here. (laughs) And, and he did, he does. He comes over and, and he came over, it was about the third time we raced, he came over and he, and he, we started talking and he goes, Oh, how do you, you know, what do you think? How do you, you know, how do you feel about me? I go, man, I couldn't be happier, you know? And he goes, gosh, yeah, that's how I feel. And he goes, uh, you're planning on racing next year, right? And I go, yeah. And he said, can I be your driver for next year? And I, <laughs> I said, Absolutely. Absolutely. I go, you know, he goes, I'm, I want to commit to you right now. He goes like, I feel so comfortable with you and, and Tam and it's just, he goes, you guys just got this family atmosphere. He goes like, it's just, it's just great to be around. And he goes, I just want to commit to you right now. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Let's do that. what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Yeah. I said, so. We're good. We're set.
0: So, I going going to that same question, then how do you decide who's in your car? Being a car owner, I'm sure you get a pick or you get to kind of decide who it is. Does that kind of not
1: not always? Not always. Not always. Um, uh,
3: I, I didn't share anything with him no, on, no, on, just, on our I'm conversation. Always, he, he is, no. he just, he doesn't understand the, the, the behind the scenes. And so Josh is
4: the comic relief of the program. I'm, I'm
3: kind
0: <laughs> of the, the funny guy who don't understand much and he tries to figure it out. So no, I've always been curious when car owners come into it. Like you always see car drivers go, come and go. I always wondered how they decide who they pick, you know, what driver they want in the car type thing.
1: I have a great, Set up with, as far as like with uh, Don Lamberti. So, Don has been just, I can't say enough about Don and, and even Charlene Lamberti, both of them. Um, and me and Don will talk about, you know, over the years, we'll talk about if a driver's leaving. So, when Craig left, you know, and, and say Austin, you know, um, Austin came here and and then I'll, go talk. I'll talk to Don about it, and um, it, it took a little bit to get Austin hired, not because of me or Don Lamberti, but because of other sponsors that we had involved. So it, we were both for that, um, but at times, you know, everybody has to agree. So sponsors do dictate a lot of what's, what goes on. And everybody has to be in agreement, in hiring somebody. So it's kind of like the uh, this year with um, Ryan Giles. You know, um, Don Lamberti had turned uh, Dennis Allball uh, onto Ryan last year, about midway through the year, and and Allball LLC. They, you know, they sponsored Ryan so then they came to us or me and or Don and wanted to try to move Ryan up into the 410 thing and uh, you know we we tried that um, it's very difficult for a 360 guy that's done just 360s for quite a few years to move up to a four ten. Now a four ten guy he can go back and run three sixties and not have a problem he can he can jump back and forth. And it's kind of what happened there with Ryan. He just couldn't it was he just couldn't get the feel of it. And he wanted to go back to three sixties. And that was fine. There was nothing wrong with that. We were all in, you know in agreement with that. And then uh uh, Dennis Allbaugh and and the Iowa Barnstormers, which Lambert a part owner in um, the Iowa, Iowa Barnstormers, and uh, you know they sponsored him and helped him get his 360 stuff back so he could run 360.
0: So, so a lot of it then it kind of comes down to you you working with your sponsors and stuff like that and because. And all in all, the driver is going to represent their brand when it comes to a racetrack. So it, it kind of makes sense why yeah. both parties have to be in agreements because your, however that driver acts, reflects on you as an owner, them as a sponsor. So I mean, that totally makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, you have to you have to do what your sponsors want if they want you to do something you have to do it. They're the ones supplying the sponsorship to you, the money to do what you love to do. And, you know, the driver has to be on board with that too. So at certain times, if the driver's not, then, then it comes back on me and I have to answer for that. So,
4: so you get you get Ian locked up for next year already. What what's the remaining season for you guys look like? Are you going to make the trip down to I-80 here in a couple of weeks with the outlaws?
1: Yeah, I actually cuz I I told my the orthopedic guy on Monday, he's like, "Well, what do you got? We're left for racing." I go, "I got two more races." So, you tell me what I got to do to make it till then he's like yeah just piling all ice that's all
4: i can tell you <laughs> I, I i have a torn or meniscus in my knee right now and that's what i've been doing right now i got a surgery coming up i think in january is when actually i get mine done so Tylenol, all ice and uh kind of hobbling around is the way i'm getting around
1: yeah so he just you know like we're gonna do i-80 in lakeside and then and then my surgery is the following week so because i want to get it done so i can get healed up uh for PRI. So,
3: well, I80 is kind smart. of uh, a track that would, Ian favors, isn't it? Uh, he's, he likes them bigger, faster tracks, and I just absolutely love I80 Speedway. And uh, the Kaziskis rarely miss the track conditions, but that's a, uh, in my opinion, a really high speed track. And I think Ian would fit pretty well on that track.
1: I like I80. Um, I'm hoping to get. Um Kissler's doing a change in the cam and a motor for us. So we're hoping to have that back so we can kind of try that at I-80. And, uh, yeah, he's, I think he's looking forward to it. And then I know he's going back to Australia for, I think, about eight weeks. I think about the week, bef- week before Christmas, I think he told me. And then um, then I think he's there for eight weeks and then comes back.
0: So, is he going to be racing
1: down is, there
3: when he goes back? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is good because he keeps him sharp. So, yeah.
3: well, many, many years ago, uh, Johnny Herrera was your driver, and uh, I, I answered uh, actually, it was Hosehead's message board. Uh, there was a post on there from at the time, Johnny's wife saying, Hey, Johnny needs a ride to Des Moines. Anybody going that way? He's flying into Omaha. And, and I just happened to be going to the Drake relays that weekend. So I stopped at the Omaha airport and picked up Johnny Herrera and, uh, he rode in the pickup up, up to Des Moines and then I dropped him off at your place. And that's how I got, to, I first met you. Uh, you had two race cars in the, in your garage and, and, uh, uh, I dropped Johnny off and he well, thanks. I go, well, can I kind of come in and look around? And well, sure. So I spent about, uh, about an hour at your guys' place watching you work on your race cars and stuff. I thought that was so cool, but that's, that's where I first met you. And then, then uh, I haven't talked to you a lot in the last couple of years, but uh, you've always been pretty friendly and nice to me when I come up and say hi to you. So whether you remember me or not, I don't know. But uh, um, no, I remember that. I definitely remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that crazy Uber driver.
4: Yeah, the creeper, Mister <laughs> Brad Brown over there. I felt
3: bad for Herrera because I talked racing the whole time, and I said, "Sorry if I'm boring you." He goes, "No, no, I, I love talking racing." But uh, that was a that was a great experience for me. Uh, my wife was like, "You're doing what?"
4: <laughs> Johnny was just glad you didn't drive off the road and like. You know kidnap him or anything nice. I mean
3: <laughs> I did have to stop once for a cigarette break. He was dying for a cigarette, so <laughs> I, I did have to stop for a cigarette break, but oh yeah, <laughs> that's what took so long yeah, but that, that I just thought it, I'd throw that out there. that was a pretty cool experience that I got to come over to art right, now is your race shop still there at the house, or do you have a an actual race shop? i
1: still at the house I mean, I don't know that at one time we bought this house. Back in two thousand and four, and I tried to quit racing that year. And that that didn't work. <laughs> tried to quit racing. Keyword <laughs> try. <but I,
2: laughs>
1: yeah, and so I've ran outlaw deals out of here, and it it it's it's just everything I need. I don't really. I've had big shops, and all they are is a pain in the ass, and. <laughs> I mean, you got to keep them clean and it just costs too much. I mean, that's just the way, especially the way things are right now. Just everything costs too much.
3: Yeah. Well, now that we're, you got two races and then you're going to head to the off season. What, um, I mean, obviously you got a lot to prepare for, but what do you, what do you do in the off season? I mean, do you just tear your cars down and go through them with a fine tooth cone and make sure that there's no cracks in the chassis or you get a new chassis in, or what, what is your off season entail now? Because I mean, obviously with the, the looming part shortages and, and all this stuff that's going on in the real world, um, do you just going kind to of tear everything down and make sure it's put together right and fresh and ready to go come, uh, um, come next season?
1: Yeah, I got, uh, I got new cars ordered. Um, Just, uh, trying to get some stuff ordered right now. Um, that's, that's going to be a chore in itself. Um, getting parts. That's, I don't think that, I don't think the general public realizes kind of how, uh, not good the parts situation is. Um, So, yeah, that's basically, I just, you know, I tear everything down. Some stuff needs to get sold. Um, You know, motors go back, uh, whatever needs to be freshened or fixed. um, You know, that it's just, it's going to get, it's going to get pretty tough. Um, But we'll get through it. Well, especially with
0: prices going up on things, too. I'm sure that doesn't get any easier
1: that's not easy. Uh, and I don't think people realize it's, it's no different than, than just everyday life. Everything's up. I mean, whether you go to the grocery store or you, you know, it's the same for everything. And, and the park shortage right now, like, you know, blocks, you know, that's a big one right now for everybody. Um, yeah, just you, aluminum blocks.
3: What did you tell me the weight was if you were going to go? If you needed an aluminum block, what, did you? How long did you say their weight was to get a block?
1: Uh, they just, he just told me the other day. It's I think uh, from Donovan right now. It's uh, if you ordered something right now, it's about forty weeks.
3: Gee, many Holy cow! Like we talked yeah. about on the phone last week, uh, I'm I'm in the sports medicine industry and. I'm having a hard time finding anything that stretches like stretch tape or anything with rubber or nylon. I have a hell of a time trying to find anything. And last year uh, when I was needing some stretch tape, I was calling companies and buying five boxes from this company, seven boxes from this company. Uh, it, it was a pain in the butt. It's a little bit better for me right now, but um, with the tires and needing all these special chemicals and rubber and nylon and stuff, it, it, yeah, it, I I experienced it firsthand and and uh I only needed like 600 boxes of tape instead of uh these these $250 tires.
0: Well, and I've heard a chassis yeah, $50 $50 tires. It
1: too. I wish it was $250. <laughs> <laughs> that was back like 10 yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, right now it, I think it's with tax and everything is about 332
3: bucks. No kidding. Wow.
0: Yeah, and that it, lasts you uh, how
3: long? One A feature. One A <laughs>
0: feature. That's it.
1: <laughs> not long. I mean, there's. We all got to. We all got to work together to try to get through it, and and that's that's the key. And I know last week I was uh, when we were up at Cedar Lake. You know, I was talking to Doug Johnson. You know, who runs everything for Todd Quering there at yeah. Hussets, and and you know we. You know, like when I go over to DRI, he came over. We were talking. and I go, "Well, it's going to be interesting at the Sprint Council meeting." And
2: he goes, "Yeah,
1: yeah, it will be." I mean, like, so when we both go in there, I'm anxious to hear what what uh, what they all have, what they have
0: to say. But yeah, I wish I was a guy. <laughs> Brad wishes he was there. He might he might drive there. Some magical like track event will be going on mm. nearby. No.
1: i'll 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 be there i mean i'll I'll hear brad's an uber
4: driver so if you if you need a ride troy i mean he might just drive you there and just stay
3: (laughs) you guys are crazy i just think
1: i just think you know and and doug even you know we both said we just we all got to kind of work together on this and the entire thing um i know what i wish would happen but you know uh I don't see it happening, but I, I know what I wish would happen, and I think it would alleviate some things if we could just get to where we run one right rear tire. We don't have an H, and we don't have a medium. We've got to satisfy the world outlaws, and we got to satisfy ASCS. Yeah. Well, we need to stop that, and then we need to, instead of having uh, RD left rear, D left rear, and an H left rear, we just need to have one left rear, and that that might alleviate some of the problems. I, I'm I'm not an expert, but I just yeah. I think if we just narrow it down, I think it would help.
0: Well, uh, isn't it? You said you have to run a certain tire or the they, tire the whole night type thing. They all do. Oh, they they do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't yeah. know how that worked. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, you run a medium. That's they run off of the NOSA rules up there. So NOSA runs a medium. And I don't have a problem with the medium. I actually I like the medium, and I know me and John McCoys had this, you know, discussion before. You know, like I think the medium. To me, the medium is the way to go. I think, and I used to be an outlaw guy. Trust me, I I get it. But boy, I I gotta be careful. My
2: wife,
1: she's like, yeah, be careful, be careful. Don't you know say
2: certain things. Do but you think?
4: I, it- I mean, I think. Go ahead. Do you think it would help if uh, if it's just, like you said, just one tire, like Hoosier, you run the, this tire, or do you think it would make a difference that they opened it up to having Goodyear come back in or American Racer or McCourish or anything some like that? Some sort
0: of competition, basically. No, Goodyear is not going to come back.
1: And that's, there's some things I know there, but I'm not going to talk about. But Goodyear is <laughs> not going to come back. Um, American Racer is in the same... As Hoosier, Uh, I mean, just material-wise, that type of thing. Now, if they if they did say they let American Racer in or something, they opened it up, you know, it it might alleviate a little bit of problem, but it's not going to solve the problem. Um, The other part of that too is is there's too many people that have their hands in the cookie jar, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. And the tire money is it's big money to all the racetracks and the organizations. I'm not going to leave any of them out. They all got their hand in the cookie jar for that. Um, The one thing I, I applaud Knoxville for is, is they give out free tires to the point guys. You know, at certain times of the year you get a, you get a free right rear. So they take a lot of that and they put back into the, to the racers there, which I think is great. Um, but I think right now we just need to all work together, like to get through this.
3: That makes too much sense, Troy. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm a big Hoosier guy. I mean, back in the day I was, I was tire testing for Hoosier when everybody was on Goodyear's. Yeah. I mean, me and Joe Gertie, that's going way back. And, you know, Hoosier's always been very good to me and, and they make, but, you know, they make a good tire and that type of thing. But I just think everybody, all the organizations, and I don't care if it's the Outlaws, all, all the all-stars or, and the racetracks and the, everybody's got to come together and work together to get through this. Somehow, some way you might have to give some concessions, you know, like you may have to give up your H or you may have to give up your medium or, you know, that type of thing, but we've all got to work together somehow. And, I don't know. I I don't, I don't have all the answers,
3: but that's just, Well, well, Troy, uh, we could probably talk for another hour or two because uh, there's a lot of questions I still have. But uh, uh, we're going to probably tie it up here. Uh, We've uh, bothered you enough for tonight, but we really appreciate you coming on and and uh, sharing with us and uh, giving us some insight. And uh, uh, we're going to keep an eye on the 2KS next year. And uh, well, actually, we'll see out here at I80 Speedway, and uh, and hopefully all good things happen.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys having me on.
3: All right. Well, I appreciate Troy. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot
2: and welcome to The Amazing
1: Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience with over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name. But our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages. With over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday
4: parties. The amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration and we hope to see you soon. Join Stars photographer B.A. and off-ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast, where we talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni.
3: Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink
2: just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't,
4: I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great, rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I, was, I was really happy to see... The fans come back in droves and and be such a great supporter for us.
1: I might have to throw
4: my roommate on the bus. Uh Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape. jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some some NHLer he's looking up to, but... I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let them in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy <coughs> misconducts on everything, with 265, Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast.
2: you bear, You been
4: This is the Dump and
0: Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the
4: Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I
0: I am along for the ride and perhaps
1: provide some modicum of adult supervision here. Although,
4: really, that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that added. (laughs) I want that added.
0: shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because he has
4: absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has met sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts
1: listen that like was frightening
4: All right, welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. Uh, just got off the phone there with Troy Renfro, the co-owner, as I'm going to say it now, <laughs> of the 2KS. It's pretty, it's pretty cool that you know he's he's locked up his driver for the for the next season already with Ian. They're going to finish out the the season here in in a couple weeks with the you know I80 World Outlaw Racing up at uh, what was it Cedar Lake with in Wisconsin. Uh, like
3: uh, yeah yeah Cedar yeah.
4: Lake. So yeah so I mean we're going to see those guys down here. Uh, hopefully Ian's going to have a good run at I 80, but before, before that, they got uh, the, a big race coming up here with the Midwest fall brawl.
3: That's gotta be a huge relief for those guys. To, uh, now they can focus on other things other than trying to find a ride or a driver, but yeah, the fall brawl, um, used to be a huge race, uh, for I
4: 80 speedway with ASCS racing you. If you biggest, win, biggest payday in Wayne Johnson's career right there. If
3: you win both of them and, and Dover too, uh, if you win both of them, uh, you got a $50,000 bonus and, uh, uh, after two, uh, two, after giving them away the 50,000 twice in a row, the, uh, the insurance company said, no, we're <laughs> no. <laughs> not doing that anymore, but well, it's paying 4,000 this year, 500 to start. They're also okay. going to have the three or the three Oh five. So yes, I am going to have to watch the three Oh fives that night as well. Yes, They're paying 1200 to win and two fifty to start. So, uh, what yeah. night is this again? It's uh, October 1st, uh, night, Saturday right? night, Saturday, Saturday night, October 1st. So three hundred
0: five is how well do next they run Saturday, on I eighty?
3: Slower than molasses
4: on a cold day.
0: Faster than the stock cars that race there.
4: You know what? Next Saturday there is no hockey game, so guess what I might be uh, doing on the shooting photos. Actually, next, I-
0: next no, Saturday no. is our company uh, trip to Ballast Pumpkin Patch.
4: Yeah, but I can duck out early. I'm already there in Omaha, so go over to the racetrack <laughs> and bam. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I, I expect a good car count. There's not uh, anything else going on around the around the country and in, in the Midwest here, and so I would expect South Dakota cars. Uh, we've gotten a few Colorado cars come down. Um, hopefully, some Iowa cars come over. You know, Goodnow and Martins will be over there. Uh, hopefully, some McCarls will show up Tasker. and Tasker. Uh, uh, Taz, Taz. Uh, if he's not, he's probably right in the middle of planning or uh, picking. So and he's a four ten driver too, by the way. Yeah. If you if you would pay
4: attention but, to the podcast,
3: but he, 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 he does have a three sixty. 360. Mm-hmm. 360, yes, but. so um, I'm looking for a good car count. Uh, the uh, the forecast it's a long ways away, but the forecast looks favorable. So uh, can't wait for the fall brawl at I Speedway.
4: Then on October fourteenth, the uh, the big dogs, the World Outlaws, are coming to town. Mm-hmm. We all should go. Oh, I'm going to be there for sure. It's it's the last, it's it's the last.
0: uh, I actually was thinking about going to that. It It is the last sprint car
4: race at I-80 Speedway. So, uh. My first ever sprint car race at ID Speedway was a World Outlaw race, so I think I should just uh, wrap up the, uh, the ID experience there yeah. with the Outlaws on that Saturday night. You're going to be sitting in the stands or in the pits? Uh, I will have my daughter with me, so we will be in the stands. I'll be in the stands with my dad and brother. And so, uh, I might what? I have to go. Bring then. Austin out.
0: There you go. I'll, I'll probably bring him or Lila.
4: Kids 12 yeah. and get free with a paid a dollar mission.
0: Well, Lila can say she's. You
4: go a get lover. a little jar of dirt <laughs> on the way out the, the door. And that's true. That'd that's one good. thing, you know, I. I I've always wanted to do that and start mm-hmm. a, like a collection like that is yeah. get it, just get a little jar of dirt and yeah. label it kind of like, kind of like you see on the uh, lost speedways episodes. That is, that
0: is really cool that he does that.
3: It's going to be a bittersweet day because I just love eighty Speedway and knowing that that's going to be the last race. Unless a miracle happens, that's going to be the last race we see there. So uh, yeah, not to mention it's going to be probably my last sprint car race of the year too. I try to make a goal of 20 sprint car races a year and, I think I'm only about seven or eight, so it's going to. You haven't really, made that really goal in a long, well, that's long a time, high goal and Well, uh, it's self-inflicted, so it is what it, Josh, it is. Josh, what's your goal?
0: Maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried once already, and I didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to go out the eagle. I was for the 305 Nationals, and that, that didn't happen. I, my allergies acted up, and I was like, nope.
4: You know, they make uh, this the Stingal Claritin. And his I know.
0: I've taken it. It don't leg-
4: work. Leg the, Double it up. up. <laughs> Double up, man.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll wear a mask. You know, that you know, be you know
4: those things on the back, they're just recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do want to go out to
0: I80 for the final race. The question is, do you think it'll be even bigger because it is the
4: final race out there?
3: It'll be, I'm not going to say sold out, but it'll, it'll be, it'll pack the stands.
4: It'll be packed. I mean, it's yeah. the only time the Outlaws come, come to town. Um, they don't race here in Nebraska at all. It's a Saturday night. You're not competing against high it's school Friday football. Night.
3: True.
0: Oh, it is a Friday night. That that race is Friday night. You're right. You're right. Well, have you seen Norris's football team? We are pretty bad.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So it sucks.
3: (laughs) It'll be it'll be full. And then is it the next next night at at Lakeside?
4: Uh, For the outlaws, I believe so. But the next night at I eighty is is going to be their final night ever with the uh, with late models uh, and all the regular classes out there.
3: The reason I said that is is two races in a close proximity, more cars might show up for that. So yeah, that's true. with just a two and a half hour trip down to lakeside. So uh, I, I look for a, a, a pretty great last hurrah for I-80 Speedway on that race.
0: let find out if Larson might be there. It's on yeah. Friday night.
4: No, it won't be there. I don't think so. Yeah, Where's cup cars at? Uh, James Roland, our resident uh, NASCAR <laughs> guy. He would know the answer to that well, one. But it's Well, Kansas just had their race. Yeah, so Kansas. It be Kansas. Had, yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure where the cup car, cups, cup guys will be at. I don't care because it's NASCAR.
0: We know that Brandon it has
3: fenders.
4: It does. We're <laughs> We're a Sprint Car Podcast? The only time we talk about any other cars is when Josh brought up a damn modified. What? Rick, hey, get back into Sprint Car, <laughs> anyways. <laughs>
3: um, just I, I just learned uh, last night or the night before that uh, Justin Henderson split from the Sandvig number seven car. Um, apparently that happened like early September, but I just I just heard it. Um, it's, I don't know what Henderson has uh, in, in plans for next year, but uh, that Sandvig car, he's made that car about as fast as it's yeah. ever been. Um, they're inconsistent. Um, so uh, Henderson's a great driver, so hopefully he can find something to land on his feet. And, and uh, he has his nice 360, so hopefully he'll come down for the fall brawl. But, uh, um, yeah, the Henderson and Sandvig are um, splitting, so uh, – um, we'll see where both teams end up there. So uh, can't wait to see what silly season brings. It doesn't look like it's going to be very active for silly season this year because most teams appear to be happy with who they have and they're doing well. So I think uh, a domino is going to be uh, the routine 26 car. Uh, I don't know that they have their driver for next year. Um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, that might start a domino effect on who. Who who ends up where next year?
0: You think silly season will be more about who's running what series?
4: I think that's going to be the biggest as biggest thing with uh, as far as uh, what's going on in the, in the sprint car world is going to be who's running what series, not necessarily who's driving what car.
3: Yeah, that's going to. I think it's going to be the big news. It, it, it appears to me that the outlaws in the high limit series are not going to be working together. Uh, there's there's a tension between them. Hodenchild uh, uh, Sheldon is um, hosting or is promoting the the high limit race on next tuesday at wayne county and from what i'm understanding he is not allowed to race and so the outlaws are off there's no reason why he can't race but uh the outlaws are not giving uh, the contract you signed there bud yeah. but i um, mean they've given other drivers permission to race at other races and it's just uh the the outlaws are sticking it to the high limit and they're not going to allow their product to race uh, a non-outlaw race so um, it'll be an interesting off season with, the, with these two series and see how they work together. If they will work together.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to talk about was the podcast, podcast, Facebook question we sent out, which is, uh, if you could build and design your dream track, what size of track front stands or both sides, what extras would you have and go? I'm curious to know what you two would pick for size of track.
4: A quarter mile quarter mile quarter mile high bank bullring you want action uh, all around the racetrack well, there will be all around the, <laughs> around the racetrack <laughs> it's like
0: wait
4: yeah any special amenities i don't care as long as they got a shitter they got porta <laughs> potties or actual
0: buildings
3: i would build a four-tenth mile track and actually call it what it's supposed to be a two-fifth mile um uh, semi-banked, uh, I would model this, the track around uh, I-80 Speedway. Yeah, why don't you just buy I-80 yeah. Speedway, and yeah. there you go, that Brad. That sounds pretty easy there. Um, it, I-80 is getting a little antiquated. It needs to, needs some money put back into it, but I would put bleachers on the front stretch and the back stretch and and uh, uh, model the, the facility after Knoxville or Wheatland uh, and have a nice restroom, has really nice concession stands, hire people to keep them all clean and uh, kind of um, try to spoil the, the fans a little bit to want them have the want to come back to my racetrack. So um, that's that's kind of what I would do.
0: Where would you put the pits at, infield or outside? Outside. Outside? Well, yeah. on your track it's pretty small. I ain't got much room to.
3: I like the infield because then the fans in between races can watch their.
4: But then you have the haulers in the way of the backstretch and. Or unless you well, do a doubles bowl and raise that back stretch up well, about seven and a half you feet,
3: elevate the grandstand. You don't have to worry about it or do like I 80. They dug down the infield a little bit. So, um, there's a ways around that, but uh, I like the infield because the, the fans can see the teams work on the cars and stuff. But, but on the other hand, have them on the outside and then maybe have the work area on the infield. so you can watch them if they need to come into the work area. So, uh, um, I don't know. Uh it's but safer. You could put
4: the work area right on the uh, if I mean granny you want stands on the front and the back stretch but put a little pit road on on the on the front grandstand part and that's yeah. where the, the work area is and when your car goes in there your guys with the mule come in there and you're right there in front of this in front of the yeah, fans.
0: They were doing that out west and a
3: couple that, tracks. That, that could be dangerous because uh you know in in a panic there's a lot of f bombs that get thrown around and then little kids sitting there watching it uh, that could be pretty dangerous but uh yeah they um, what was it uh Charlotte has that, uh, roadway right in yeah. front of the
0: grandstands. You know, one thing I thought that was nice that I heard on another podcast and he answered the question was, you know, building on the side of a hill so you can actually bring your own seat. So you don't have to sit in the stands or deal with the people that bring their, their big heavy chair that, you know, messes with your knees and stuff like that to actually just sit in the grass and watch on the, you know, turn one, turn two, got a bomb went off in the house Jesus, there. Jesus, getting attacked. <laughs> But no, I, I always, I thought that was just an interesting question. Now he, the guy that got to ask that question, he was, he was more about, you know, like the amenities, the not having a porta potty having, you know, uh, you gotta have, you gotta have
4: restrooms, a- AC restrooms would be really nice. Yeah. River cities in uh, Fargo, North
3: Dakota or Grand Forks, North Dakota. They have have really small restrooms, but they had tons of outhouses. And when I went there, a lot of them were pretty full. It was really, really gross. Shaders (laughs) full. But they they packed the stands. (laughs) They packed the stands. So, um, You know, but
0: I want to hear a different side here. Brandon went to the pizza machine this weekend, and I heard he got in in some good racing in the go-kart area. How was that,
4: Brandon? People need to learn how to drive (laughs) go-karts.
0: That's how you were (laughs) telling me earlier. What, so that people brake checking you, and so they're,
4: it's electric go karts You're not you're not on a track on the outside. Uh, so the go karts don't get me wrong; they're fun, but they got the stupid cage round, which is two oval round. So when you got a dumbass lady in front of you that you're getting ready to pass her, and you're, whoa, I can't have that. So she slams on the brakes and brake checks you. So you have no choice to slam into her. You can't spin her out because the carts will just f- slide off of each other. So did you ever get taken out or? Punched in the
0: back with the... Yeah, because you're cards.
4: so buckled up as soon as a dumbass in front of you brake checks you, everybody else is going to slam into you too. So, I mean, that's what it is. So overall experience, I was pretty good at Pizza Machine. Jordan, had fun. That's all that matters. Food is good. <laughs> it's all right.
3: That's all that matters. If the kid's <laughs> happy, then you're happy.
4: Now, we need to go to Joe's Karting and and do some real good go kart we racing. Could, we
0: should do like some, like, not giveaway, but like some sort of... like.
4: Why don't we have a battle of podcasts? us Is three Dan go out there go race Dan Taylor go race James Rowland and watch them all kick all three of our asses. I think James mm-hmm. Rowland
3: might take Brad out. You just you just <laughs> go you just go <laughs> practice and I'll be there and race ready so <laughs> I don't
0: do well racing go-karts. So I get headaches bad. <laughs> As Brad shakes his head.
3: <laughs> headaches from what? <laughs> I don't You're know. Watching people
0: pass you. It's the smell yeah. of it or what, but I can sit and play a video game of it, but I can't get in that put a helmet on and yeah.
4: You was why I'm a fan of racing. All right. You boys got anything else before we wrap things up? Um, I don't think you, so. You know, Josh, you mentioned the, 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 the question there, but you didn't say anybody's answers.
0: Okay. So you want to hear some yeah. of the answers? You we just heard about oh, our oh, answers. No yeah, yeah. one gives a shit about the, us. The one we talk about James Roland, he picked a fourth, a quarter mile. Hell yeah, brother. And spanning from turn four entrance to the entrance of turn two. Yeah. Tunnel yep. entry for cars, dead center of the backstretch. I can do that. And Stu Snyder. High banked red clay with stands all the way around. Why red clay? Why?
4: It's tacky as fuck.
0: Is that what it is? Uh, We got some other longer ones.
4: I-30 Speedway. Red clay. It's badass.
0: We got Joe Schneider wrote in. uh, Third mile high banks, Georgia red gumbo, and all the amenities of Lucas Oil's offers, and better car washes washes and showers. (laughs) I don't know how showers.
4: Hey, you never been in a racetrack late at night covering shit. So uh, <laughs> the showers at Knoxville, awesome. The fact one. that they have showers there is great.
0: And then another one was a uh, three-eighths, high bank, grandstand, three-fourths, all, all around it.
4: All right, who said that?
0: Uh, Tony Hoshfield. I suck at saying names. You know that from our. That's why I make me do it. You got Tony right. Tony H, from probably Nebraska. Uh, Push start H L. Okay, I'm I'm done reading these. I'm having a hard time going through this.
3: (laughs) But it was good to see people actually participated. So uh, that that was awesome that you guys that did. Um, Put your two cents in. So now that you left your two
4: cents on there, go leave a review on the podcast wherever you're listening from, because that will help out a lot. (laughs) Even
0: if you have to talk about how how I'm not doing too well with my speech.
4: (laughs) Definitely. So I think that's going to wrap things up for us this week on Quick Time, the podcast. Thanks for everybody joining in. Like I said, go leave a comment on wherever you're listening. Uh, Message us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever it is. Everybody have a good night. See you. Later.